Thank you for tuning in to Clearly Unclear. I am your host, Matt, with one T underscore Z-E-B-R-O-W-S-K-I. I appreciate you tuning in. You can hit me up on Twitter, as stated just a minute ago. Matt, with one T underscore Z-E-B-R-O-W-S-K-I. You can also hit me up on my Facebook, at Clearly Unclear. Uh, I appreciate you tuning in to this week's episode. We have a lot to dive into. I'm bringing back the Artist of the Week, which I'll get to here in just a few a few moments. Uh, we're going to dive into the not-so-super wildcard weekend not really a lot of good games this weekend. Some blowouts. Uh, I went four and two over the weekend. I stuck my neck out on a couple games on Saturday. Um, I'll get into all that uh, in, in just a little bit. Um, we'll discuss the divisional rounds, and then I'll discuss at the end of the show a couple TV TV shows I've been watching, uh, which I think everyone should be tuning into if you haven't already seen them. Um, I'll talk about that. Um, talk about a breakfast spot I went to last week, which was pretty good. Um, do a little review on that when I'm doing this weekend, um, but. We're, we're bringing it back, uh, Artist of the Week. I had this um, in my early, early, early episodes when I first started this last year, uh, which I thought was really cool because I can incorporate the music in there. The problem with that is it's not going off, It's not going to allow me to distribute the podcast with that music in there to other um, other feeds, so to speak. So like, you can listen to on Anchor, um, and it'll pop up. But if I have it on Google or something like that, or, or Apple uh, Podcast or one of those one of those RSS feeds, um, what'll happen is it'll just it'll just the, the music won't be there. It'll just skip from segment to segment. So um, while it sounded good on Spotify and some of my better episodes, I think um, early on uh, it just didn't work out. But I decided to bring it back, um, and, and this is more in part I wanted to do something. Uh, I, I enjoyed doing this. Um, kind of uh, lets me talk about the music that I love, um, that I, I, I've grown up listening to, and I, I've, I've, I love all kinds of different music. If you've heard my podcast before, I talk about hip-hop, metal, um, blues, I, I, oh, I, up and down, anything that you can think of. I listen to all kinds of music. Now, what I'm going to do for the next couple weeks, though, is in lieu of this new um, show called the When We Were Young Tour was announced. It's going to be in Vegas in October. Um, and the lineup is like an emo kid's wet dream. It's a, like a who's who of bands that um, I, I know, of course, like Taking Back Sundance, Dan, Dance Gavin Dance, Paramore, um, A Day to Remember, bands that are now kind of mainstream, but bands that weren't mainstream 10, 15, 20 years ago, uh, Bring Me the Horizon. So, uh, it's a crazy, crazy lineup. I don't know how the whole weekend breaks down. Uh, I'm not young enough to th- to make it through something like that. Um, I wish I could. Um, I just, that's just a lot of motherfucking walking around. Um, and at 36, these old dogs, they just, they bark a little bit too much these days. So um, while I would love, love, love to go, and who knows, maybe I will. Uh, tickets aren't super expensive for general admission, but I don't know if I just want to do general admission for something like that. Uh, I can already get the hotel in Vegas. But that being said, Artist of the Week is Alkaline Trio. <clears throat> uh, they're an American rock band from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, they've been um, they've been around since 1996, but since 2001, the band's consisted of uh, Matt Skiba, the vocal and guitar player, uh, Dan Adriano, who does vocals and bass, um, and then Derek Grant, who does drums and vocals. Um, they were founded in late 1996 by Matt Skiba, bassist Rob Doran, and drummer Glenn Porter. 
That's when Alkaline Trio de- debuted its uh, its original single called Sundials in 1997. Uh, following that release, Doran departed from the band and was replaced by Adriano. Uh, the band subsequently recorded e- the EP For Your Lungs Only in 1998 um, and its debut studio album called God Damn It in 1998. Uh, following the release of the band's second album, Maybe I'll Catch Fire in 2000, Porter left the band and was replaced by Mike uh Flumilier, I can't really pronounce it, I apologize, uh, for its subsequent album, From Here to Infirmary. Good album. Not my favorite, but still really good. Um, backed by the single Stupid Kid and Private Eye, um, From Here to Infirmary significantly increased the band's exposure. Um, and its follow-up, Good Morning, my favorite, and I'll state that probably a few more times here, charted highly on the Billboard 200. Now, Good Morning marked the recording debut of current drummer Derek Grant. Um, and in 2005, the band released another really good album called Crimson, uh, which expanded upon the band's punk rock influences with prominent overdubs and additional instrumentation um, and continued uh, and with this direction with Agony and Irony. Really just a really good stretch for them. Uh, that was released on Epic Records. Now, in 2010, the band released This Addiction on its own label, Heart School, as well as Epitaph Records, um, and they recorded this in the band's hometown of Chicago. Uh, with early producer Matt Allison, the album was con- the consensus effort by the band to return to their punk rock roots and then became the highest charting album of their career, debuting on the Billboard 200 at number 11 in 2011. This was before well, Spotify was real big. I think Pandora was big back then, uh, but still the Billboard mattered a lot. Uh, the band celebrated its 15th year anniversary with the release of uh, Damnesia, which featured new acoustic-based recordings of songs from across the band's career. Uh, the band's eighth studio album, My Shame is True, was released in April of 2013. So that stretch from like 2001 to 2013 was really awesome. Um, good Morning was really good. Um, Crimson was really good. Agony and Irony was really good. Um, so I would just go ahead and check those out. And I'll post songs from my favorite album, album Good Morning, on my Facebook at Clearly and Clear uh, for y'all uh, later this evening after I toss this podcast out. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, now, their ninth album, Is This Thing is, is this thing Curse, was released August 30, 31st, 2018. Um, it's okay. Um, different, but it's okay. Uh, followed by a three-track EP titled EP, which was released on March 19th, 2020. I think I've heard it once or twice, but I have to go back and take a listen to it now um, that I'm talking about it. So, uh, like I said, my favorite album on here that we all discussed, I think they put out like nine full albums. Um, they've been around since 1996. I've probably been listening to them since about 2000, 2001. Um, but if you go out of your way, go check out Good Morning. It's pretty dark, um, but it's a good album. It's a good. It's just a good rock, uh, rock and roll album. Um, I'll post tracks for it, like I said, on my Facebook at Clearly Unclear. Um, but I would check out All on Black, and then We've Had Enough. Those are two of my favorite tracks from that album. Um, so we're bringing it back. We brought back uh, Artist of the Week. Um, I'm going to throw some stuff on, on on the Facebook page, like I just said, um, to uh, you know maybe some more with more probably more band information about them. Uh, maybe dive deeper into uh, um, Good Morning as an album, um, and, and like I said, share more than maybe just one or two songs. Um, that's the Artist of the Week. So look for that on my Facebook page. Um, with that being said, um, next coming up, I'm going to review the AFC and NFC wildcard weekend. I thought it was a not so wildcard or not. It wasn't very super. Uh, it was actually kind of mediocre. So uh, I'm going to take a quick break. We'll get into that here in just a few minutes. Um, like I said, I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, this is Clearly Unclear. Clearly Unclear.
Hey, welcome back to Clearly Unclear. I'm your host, Matt, with 110 underscore Z-E-B-R-O-W-S-K-I. Also on Facebook at Clearly Unclear. Uh, we started off the show. We brought back Artists of the Week, something like I said I used to do um, in my early episodes. The only thing it's, that I'm not doing is right now I'm not adding any clips of the music. Um, as I start to dive deeper into how to master a, a show to where it sounds good and um, I can fade everything in and out or what what, what all that means is I'm, I'm still trying to figure all that out. Uh, hopefully next week I have the new intro and outro music I can add to this. Um, this is the first week I'm using the microphone in the new setup. It is not fancy, but it is, you know, it, it does the trick. I have the digital audio workstation. I haven't had a lot of time to jump into. I'm going to try to do that over the next couple of days and just mess around with some stuff on there um, in hopes that I can start kind of figuring out kind of conceptualize how I want to move forward with the podcast. Uh, once I add that new kind of intro and outro music, how to better fade in and out of segments, things of that nature, just to clean up the production value of it. Um, you know, going back to writing show scripts and not so much uh, leaning on, um, you know, just shooting, shooting by the hip, so to speak. Um, you know, I, I was more, I'm more prepared for uh, this week's episode um, than I've been in the last couple weeks. Uh, just like I said, because with the holidays, um, you know, those are quick 16 to 20, 25 minute episodes. So here we're, we're unpacking quite a bit of information. Um, so with that said, I'm going to just, I'm going to uh, kind of dive into what we saw this weekend. I'm going to be honest with you. There was not much in the way of anything super interesting in both. Well, for to be honest, in the Rams Cardinals game or the Eagles Bucks games, other than uh, Jalen Hurts to me is just not the direction the Eagles should go. He had 18 turnovers this year, and nine of them were fumbles. The other, of course, were interceptions. So he doesn't take care of the ball. I'm not saying he doesn't show flashes of brilliance with his legs, and maybe his arm can turn out. you got to give him a chance, but it's not going to happen in today's NFL. It's sink or swim. They didn't make the playoffs because of him. I think they made the playoffs just it, – it, their their defense was really good, and they started to really run the rocket out. His legs helped, but he also had nine fumbles, which basically negates your 10 rushing touchdowns. With your 26 total TDs, you only had eight more TDs and you had turnovers. The Eagles can do better. Um, you, you're not If you're not fully invested in him, why are you going to even worry about bringing him back when you can pay probably a guy at Gardner Minshew just to start next year as a bridge quarterback? Uh, he's a good quarterback. I don't know why he hasn't got really a look. He did win the job, in my opinion, uh, for the Jaguars, but they had no choice but to start Trevor Lawrence. I understand why. Um, and I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be just fine. Um, but it's a big year next year, but you, you couldn't, if you're Urban Meyer, you couldn't do that. And you're already, you already were fucked up with so many dumbass decisions you made anyways. You couldn't afford to just not start Trevor Lawrence. It would have looked bad. But um, really the big news in the NFC, and I'll get to the AFC in just a, in just a moment. Um, this past weekend was the Cowboys game. Uh, where the Niners basically gift wrap that comeback to them. And in typical Dallas fashion, they pull you in and they rip your heart out just like the Chargers do. Um, this was a stupid a play by Dak and play call by McCarthy um, as that timeout by Staley a couple weeks ago, to be honest with you. Like, um, I just don't know what's – if you're being paid $75 million, and this is for this year, so he's a $40 million quarterback moving forward, but $75 million this year, first of all, you know the ref is the one that blesses that ball, right? Before you can do anything with it. So why are you not finding a ref to do that? And second, you run it up the gut with no timeouts. And it's not just it's not that per se. 
it's you, you ran a little extra and you wasted more time instead of after after getting what you needed and then instead of sliding which give which would have given you much more uh time to spike the spike the ball regardless of you not knowing that the ref needs to touch it and your center's not the one who lets you to let you who who blesses that ball to snap it to get the playoff uh Dallas fans blaming the refs Dak blame the refs and you know today being you know it's Wednesday January 19th um you know he something came out earlier today he's backtracking and says you know, yeah, I was in the wrong, and it was the heat of the moment. But it's like a guy being paid that much money should be taking ownership for that loss, and then not and not and on top of that, not applaud fans with bad and shitty behavior. He said it was oh good for them, like he 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 applauded that in that that sort of um, <coughs> excuse me. He applauded the, the the things that the fans did, which is not something that you want to do. You're going to encourage them in the future that when you think you didn't get your way, which this was not um, the ref's fault. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo basically wanted to gift wrap this shit to them, um, but you just it wasn't a smart play. That being said, and it just wasn't a smart play. I and mean, you're paying a guy like that that kind of money. Uh, you can audible out of that play. You don't run it up the gut. If you do, you get the yard slide. You got more time. Spike the ball. But you, you decided to to get a little greedy and go for more. Um, I don't understand the play because you've been working it up. <coughs> excuse me on the on the corners, on the sidelines. Uh, you move forty yards in in ten seconds, so it just doesn't make any sense. Um, but that being said, <clears throat> the Cowboys are going to be back. Um, and they're probably going to be better next year because of the salary on Dak goes down quite a bit considering what he was paid this year. Uh, San Francisco played a really good game. Um, they lost Warner. They lost Bosa. Hopefully both those guys are back this weekend against uh, the Packers, and we'll touch on that game in a little bit. Um, but Jimmy threw it away, uh, almost threw it away. He missed a, a, a wide-open IU. Uh, I mean a wide-open IU. And then he tossed that bad pick. Sort of let Dallas quietly climb back in the game to make the game look closer than it actually was. Much like the Arizona game a few weeks ago. It's like a two-point game. I think this was a five-point game, something like that. Uh, uh, San Francisco dominated this game from 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 the get. Like, li- literally from the jump. It was San Francisco, and it was clear what they were trying to do. And then there was a big play over the top to Amari Cooper um, that got Dallas that, that touchdown. That sort of thought maybe they were going to come back, and they just looked like complete. They didn't look good. Um, and I and I picked and I didn't pick Dallas obviously to win this game. I picked the Niners, and I'm glad Dallas lost. Uh, but again, I think they're going to be back and they're going to be better next year. Uh, they have a lot to grow from, but there's a lot of mistakes made in this game, um, and they didn't play well. Uh, they could have won this game, no matter how uh, bad I thought San Francisco beat them up and down the field for most of that most of that game. They they had a chance and they screwed it up. So. Interesting finish, not really an interesting game all that much. Um, and we'll get into the to the AFC here in just, just a moment. So um, the AFC, I would say, was equally as boring. Even, even like I said, the Cowboys game itself wasn't that great. Uh, the Niners were dominating on both sides of the ball. Like I said, you hope you get Fred Warner and Bosa back next week. Um, you know They're built to, build a, to beat a team like the Packers, um, and they've proven to be a thorn in Aaron Rodgers' side his whole career. 
Um, and we'll get that get into that in the next segment. Now, like I said, I went four and two this weekend. Stuck my neck neck outs on the Patriots, who just got Molly Watt by Buffalo, um, who basically played the perfect game. And I also took a flyer on the Raiders, who couldn't manage uh, manage to overcome sloppy football by them for the fifth straight week. Um, and it was probably the best game of the weekend outside of the controversy in the Dallas game. Excuse me. Um, the Raiders played hard. They stayed in the game, and they just couldn't get that TD needed to gain the momentum uh, while the Bengals did leave points off the board they, that they should have had. Uh, this is a huge win, win for a team who hasn't won a playoff game in 31 years. Fun fact, temperature at the start of the game was 31 degrees, um, but the jungle was on fire. It was it was a great scene. It was the first uh, game of the wild card weekend. I enjoyed it, uh, but big props for the Raiders for fighting. Um, I'm not a Raiders fan in any way, shape, or form, but um, – you know, it's one of the better stories of the year, and I wouldn't be mad if Rich Passaccia won the head coach of the year for the job he did in keeping that team afloat with so much internal turmoil with Rugs and Gruden plus a whole lot more. The dude, right? And then the dude, and then and then there, it's shown that the guy's writing handwritten thank you notes to all of his players. Give this man a two-year deal. You know, with a team option after one, just. Look what he did with the team. Give him, give him the shot he deserves. Dude's been in coaching for thirty plus years, um, and so it's finally it's great to see a guy like that, who I didn't really know much about over, in, uh, until over the last six weeks, maybe two months. Um, and so it's just a really great story. I would coach of the year for me is you know I I don't see you know Belichick did a great job. There's some other good stories, but this is the feel good story. And I know he didn't coach all year, but. Uh, definitely, definitely should be coach of the year, um, or, or at least in consideration, because what he did to get this team into the playoffs to believe in itself, um, you know, we're missing Waller, Jacobs banged up, um, with, again, with the, all, all the turmoil that happened internally as well. So um, I would say the, the the two most interesting, the best game I was obviously, like I said, was the Bengals and the Raiders, but um the, the ending to that Cowboys game against the Niners was interesting as you'd expect it to be between those two. Um, so not such a great weekend. Just to, the the Patriots got rolled um, by, like I said, excuse me, by um, Buffalo. And then I don't even really want to talk about the Steelers. It, you'd watch. I didn't even watch the damn game. Before, I already knew it was going to be a blowout. Uh, yeah. It would have been a better wild card weekend if the Chargers got in the playoffs, played Buffalo, and then we had the Patriots play the Chiefs, who would have probably given a better fight to the Chiefs, and then you still would have had the Raiders Bengals. But no, the Chargers damn coach had to call that timeout. And I, I swear, I, I, the Raiders were not going to kick a field goal until they called that timeout. So, um, Looking at you, Pittsburgh, you suck. Um, I don't. I hope I don't have to see you guys in the playoffs for a while. And what's with the, oh, the the Big Ben love? I know he's been a good quarterback, but like all of a sudden, like this is like this swan song for a dude who's got like a checkered past, kind of an asshole. Um, and then all of a sudden, like it's just like this. Oh, we love this dude. I don't. I don't get it. And even from Pittsburgh fans, Pittsburgh fans for the most part don't really like the guy. They like the two championships he was a part of and the sustainability at the quarterback position. But as a person, I don't think he's well-liked. Um, this is just weird. So, um, fuck Pittsburgh. They're out. Bye-bye. 
Um, but coming up next, uh, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to uh, roll into talking the AFC divisional round. Uh, after that, we'll do the NFC um, and then a couple other things at the back end of the show. Uh, we'll be right back. This is Clearly Unclear. Hey, welcome back to Clearly Unclear. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we just got done talking about uh, the Super Wild Card weekend. Uh, not much going on over the course of three days worth of football. Um, a lot of blowouts, uh, a lot of frauds in the playoffs, considering including the Steelers. Um, but between the, the 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 mess at the end of the Cowboys game, that was entertaining. Um, and then the Bengals-Raiders game was probably the highlight of the weekend. But I expect this weekend to be so much better um, usually when the wild card weekend's not great, it's followed up by an excellent divisional round and sort of vice versa. Um, so it's going to be we've got a couple big games. Uh, the Titans, um, this is 4.30 p.m. Eastern on CBS. Uh, the Titans face the Bengals. They're at home. They had the week off. Um, this is going to be a good one. I, I, th- I believe all four matchups this weekend in both the NFC and AFC are going to be really tight. I don't see a lot of blowouts. I see at least three of these games being really good. Um, and I'll get into where I think there could be a blowout, um, but I don't think we see a blowout like some of the blowouts we saw a lot of the Bills uh, just destroying the Patriots and the Chiefs destroying the Steelers. Um, and then the Rams kind of just stepping on the throats of Arizona. Now um, we'll just get right into it. The key here uh, for the uh, – for the Titans is getting to Joe Burrow early and often trying to take advantage of one of the more below average lines in terms of QB protection um, in the playoffs. And then during the regular season. Uh, but the thing is uh, Joe, he can get rid of the ball very quickly has a ton of weapons and Mixon, Boyd Higgins, Jamar chase. Um, so you have to hit him early and ho- and often hope to cause turnovers or just rattle the kid, um, you know, into making uh, into, into making turnovers and this kid has all the makings of, of being a star. Like he's, I didn't know a lot about him. I knew he was going to be, knew he was at Ohio state cause I'm an Ohio state fan, but I never knew how he was going to become the quarterback of that team. And he left. And I was like, Oh, he's at LSU. They typically don't have great quarterbacks. It wasn't until someone turned me on to him after a few games, I started watching him and he's just fantastic. And I was like, this guy's going to be the number one draft pick. Lo and behold, he is. I like him a little bit more than Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's bigger. A little bit more athletic, got a probably a more rocket of an arm. But Joe Burrow, I believe, does everything if if just as good as Herbert does. So it's a pick your poison with those two. I was big on Tua coming out of that draft as well. Um, I'm not considering him a bust yet. I'd like to see a full, complete season without a coach who's uh, yelling at him left and right. Um, and Brian Flores, who I didn't understand the firing. I didn't care for Brian Flores because I thought he was coaching. For, to keep his job more than he was trying to coach for the the, the long term future of the team at times, um, but we'll get that we'll, we'll talk about that at a different time. So um, that it, you got to get to you got to get to Joe Burrow and you got to get to him early and often. Now you get the king back and it's King Henry and and the Titans have been doing pretty well. They've been pretty formidable without him. The Bengals have the fifth best run defense, so something here's got to get right. Um, you know, Henry could just play decoy as much, um, more, more than anything, you know, toss him in there and it, and it, and it helps, um, open up some passing lanes because you got a little bit more pressure coming towards the quarterback. 
Um, you know, while, while it's impressive that the Titans had the best record in the AFC, um, and while the and I know the Bengals didn't look like world beaters last week, um, but they got that playoff win under their belt. I'm taking Cincy in a close game on the road to advance to the AFC title game. Uh, I just think the Bengals have too many weapons and are too explosive. I'm not saying that the Titans don't have weapons, but it seems like when one comes back, another falls off. Um, I, I think it's a close game, but if they can get to Joe Burrow and hit him early and often and make it an ugly game, that's that's all for the Titans. But um, this could be an offensive explosion. Um, in that case, I'm going to go ahead and take the Bengals. I'm not going to put a score on it, but uh, that's going to be Saturday um, at 4.30 Eastern. Um, next, we have <laughs> um, Bills Chiefs Sunday at 6.30. Uh, that's that's on Eastern Standard Time. Um, so the Bills and Chiefs, they've met four times in the postseason, earning two wins each. Uh, the first duel came in 1966. Uh, the Chiefs winning the AFL Championship game 31-7. to uh, They faced off. Again, in 1991 and 1993, victories for the Bills. That was during the Bills' heyday of four Super Bowls in four years without winning, which ice is just, to me, you go to four, that's very impressive. I know they lost all four, but that's I don't think you ever see a team in the NFL ever do that again. Um, statistic anomaly, that they didn't, they didn't even win one, but you run into field goals, and then you run into the Cowboys. It's kind of, um, it's just crazy that they went to four straight. So, um, so, they won those two back when the Bills were the Bills, 91-93. Now, uh, the Bills have been in the playoffs for the last five years. They've won two division titles. Um, they met last last year with the uh, ticket to the Super Bowl at State. Kansas City secured a 38-24 home win. Um, the Bills and Chiefs both go into the, the division round after just beating the absolute breaks off both the Patriots and Steelers, respectively. Um both quarterbacks played super well. Josh Allen completed 21 out of 25 passes for 308 yards and five touchdowns against the Patriots. Uh, Mahomes registered 30 for 39, 404 yards and five TD passes. Um, and what was the second Chiefs victory over the Steelers? Like they own the Steelers this year. I, it's embarrassing, but um, you just, it's funny that I just, when I saw that they were going to play. Kansas City, I was just, I was just like, why couldn't we just get the Chargers in? You know what I mean? Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game. I think it really, uh, it's gonna come down to the quarterbacks. Like if they in Week Five they did meet, um, the Bills beat the Chiefs thirty eight twenty in Kansas City, uh, but this is a different Bills team. They're also, you know. I know it was in Kansas City, but they're in Kansas City again in the playoffs. Um, it looks like Kansas City is like two and a half point favorites, so it's a pick 'em game really to um, folks who are betting on this. Um, like I said, this comes down to QB play. Whoever plays the best will win this game. Now Buffalo, in the regular season, has the best defense by the numbers, um, but this is all also a very different Chiefs team than they saw um, in Week Five. I got the Chiefs in another close game. I got them at home. Um, I just have a feeling that coming off that high of just beating the the Patriots so handedly in what you what was called the, the the most perfect game probably in NFL history based on the 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 the, the barrage of scoring drives they won on. Um, I just think they come down a little bit in Kansas City. They're at home, hard to beat. You know, this is the the, the and the Bills. It's gonna be another year where they're gonna be like, how do we get over this hump? And I think they're gonna get over it at some point. 
but we could be looking at you know the, the the new AFC's Tom Brady to Peyton Manning or Tom Brady to Ben Roethlisberger or Tom Brady. You run into him, you lose, but every once in a while you get through, uh, and this could be it. So, uh, but with that said, I, I've got the Bengals and I've got the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, um, which should be a banger of a game considering what we saw. What was it, week fifteen or sixteen? Uh, when the Bengals really started to take control of their own destiny to get to this point. Um, we'll see what happens. Those are my predictions. Um, <clears throat> we also have um, the NFC coming up as well. And I think that's going to be just as excellent, just in a different way. I really like these AFC matchups, though. Um, and that Bills Chiefs game is going to be good. And it's just like a then the Titans Bengals and there's like there's it's just the matchups are so much better than last week, so much better than last week, um, and I just can't wait to see what happens on respectively Saturday and Sunday. Um, I'm gonna take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, we're gonna discuss the NFC uh, divisional round. Um, after that, I'll close out the show. Uh, this is clearly unclear. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Clearly Unclear. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we just got done discussing the AFC Divisional Round Preview, um, which sees the Bengals visit the Titans, who are coming off a first-round bye, and then a rematch of last year's AFC title game um, with the Chiefs uh, hosting the Buffalo Bills, who beat them in Week 5. Um, should be two very interesting games. Um, that Saturday matinee, that 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 nightcap, I suppose you can call it, um, starts at 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is the NFC Niners Packers. Now, these are two historic franchises that faced each other at, uh, eight times in the playoffs with four wins each um, and a two-to-one advantage for the Packers in the divisional round. Uh, Green Bay won uh, four of the team's first five postseason, me- postseason meetings. That was between 1995 and 2001. That included two victories in San Francisco. Um, now the 49ers have come out on top in the last three playoff clashes, 2012, 13, and 19. The postseason meeting three years ago came in the NFC Championship game when the when Raheem Mostert ran for 220 yards and four touchdowns in the 37th triumph of San Francisco. Um, probably the same thing at that time, although uh, then Nicky, uh, Nick Bosa, who had, uh, was picked second in the 2019 draft, set the 49ers on their way with a sack at the start of the game. And the 49ers defense then intercepted Aaron Rodgers twice. Um, and San Francisco finished up the first half 27 up. So um, Mostert became the first player to run for over 200 yards um, or more in four touchdowns in a playoff game. Uh, Rodgers this year is running uh, is in the running to be named for the MVP for the second straight season. Um, and is probably what it might be his last campaign with the Packers. Uh, Green Bay, uh, who beat the 49ers in the regular season, that was a pretty good game. Um, so we'll see what happens. I ripped off some statistics last week of teams who've met in the uh, in the regular season who meet back up in the playoffs, and it doesn't always bode well for the team who won the first time. I don't have that stat in front of me specifically right now, but go check the podcast out from last week when I uh, previewed the Super Wild Card weekend. Um, now, Warner and Bosa are back. Those are two dudes that, that they need to get back, or at least one of them. The Niners match up well with Green Bay. Um, and Green Bay, if for whatever reason, goes down early, they're not good at – they're good at front running. They'll beat the shit out of you if they get up early. 
Um, but if they you get out early on them, they're not a front. They, they don't they don't they don't respond well to that. I know Aaron Rodgers doesn't at least. I'm not picking the Niners here. I don't I don't trust that Jimmy G is going to outduel Rodgers. Um, but that run game is very good. Elijah Mitchell is very very good. Debo Samuel, um, if they can keep the Packers from scoring a lot of points, that's going to be it's going to be because they do what you need to do against a team like Green Bay who likes to score fast and often. And Green Bay's defense is better than it's been um, in recent years. Um, and like I said, I'm not going to pick the Niners. I want to, but I I wouldn't be surprised if they went and beat Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field and then go on um, to the NFC title game. And I forgot where I predicted. I predicted that the Niners would go to, to the NFC title game at the beginning of the season. I forgot where I did that at. I don't remember if I had them as division winners, but I thought they get in the playoffs, they're built for the playoffs. If Jimmy G limits his mistakes, they're built for the playoffs. They have a defense. They can run the ball. Debo Samuel is something special. Eliza Mitchell is special as well. Brendan Ayuk is really good. Um, they got Kittle. Um, you could see one of those – Jimmy G four touchdown games, or it could be Jimmy G with one touchdown and two interceptions, but the running game collectively goes for 250. Debo Samuels just, you know, shreds you apart, you know, a la Cap Colin Kaepernick 2013 as the quarterback, but still shred him with those legs. So that'll be an interesting game. I'm going Packers reluctantly. Um, and then we have the Rams, Tampa Bay, Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, could have the times off on that one. I got to look, but uh, we got the Rams, Tampa Sunday, Tampa the home team. The Rams have won, um, have won the uh, two playoff matches between these two, uh, both of which came in the NFC Championship game in 1979. Nine to zero, I think, were the Rams, and then in '99 they were 11 and six. So Sunday's game in Tampa looks more like it's going to be a defensive battle. Um, they're two of the best uh, backlines going head to head. In week, in week three, the Rams defeated the reigning Super Bowl champions 34-24. And that was one of Matthew Stafford's best games of the year. Uh, he threw for 343 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Brady, meanwhile, threw for 432 yards, but just one touchdown. So, um, And then on Monday, Stafford enjoyed his first playoff win in his career, 1-3. and three. Um, Brady boasts an impressive 35-11 and 11 record in the postseason. Now 5-0 and 0 since joining the Buccaneers. Uh, the Rams, um, if the Rams want to emulate what the Bucks did last season um, and become only the second team to play a Super Bowl in its home stadium, um, they're going to need the full effort from all sides of the ball. The thing about these guys are, as I've seen them play, and Stafford doesn't play well, but they can still win and beat good teams. Now, if Werfs is out for Tampa Bay, it's going to be a long day. The best way to beat Tom Brady, make him dance around in that pocket and get him, and hit him. So I, I while betting against Tom Brady, excuse me, it's just like statistically taboo. I just think the Rams are too complete a team um, who were outside the Bills, maybe the most impressive team of the weekend. <coughs> you could put the Chiefs right there, but the, uh, I mean, it's not like the Steelers are very good, so um, whatever. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Rams. I don't know if it's upsetting Tampa Bay. The Rams are a really good team. Um, this has the potential to be the biggest blowout if the Rams go up early and control the clock, clock with that uh, run game. Um, I don't see anything being a, a big blowout. I could see all four games being competitive throughout. 
Um, some of them closer than others at the end. Um, but I cannot wait for this weekend. we got four really good games on paper. The matchups are really good on paper. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I have the Niners and Rams meeting in the NFC title game. I have the, Chief, the Chiefs and the Bengals meeting in the AFC title game. Next week, we will preview both of those games in depth, um, no matter what happens. I'm going to take one more break. When I come back, I'm just going to discuss a couple things that's going on in my life as far as um, work, what I got going on this week, and some shows I'm watching, um, a restaurant I went to on Sunday, which is pretty good. Um, but uh, I just want to uh, touch on a couple things like that, and I'll let you all go. Um, I appreciate you tuning in. This is Clearly Unclear. You can hit me up on Facebook, uh, at Matt with uh, at Clearly Unclear, and then on Twitter, Matt with one T underscore Z-E-B. R-O-W-S-K-I, uh, looking to do an Instagram, someone who's really good at using Instagram because I'm not figuring out Twitter too well, um, but hopefully another avenue to get the word out on the podcast and the Facebook page and just different avenues um, to have, um, you know, this podcast distributed, um, you know, as, as as best I can. So um, we'll be right back um, and then we'll get uh, the show wrapped up. This is Clearly Unclear. Hey, welcome back to Clearly Unclear. This is Matt with one T underscore Z-E-B-R-O-W-S-K. I'm your host, Matt Zabrowski. Uh, holler at me on Facebook at Clearly Unclear. Um, I appreciate you tuning in. Um, it's been a good episode. We started off with the Artist of the Week, um, Alkaline Trio. This had, um, in lieu of that big announcement for the We Were Young Tour, which just has just a litany of uh, just uh, bands that I loved um, as a teenager or even, even before then. Some of these bands have been around for a long time, including... Um, Alkaline Tree has been around since 1996. That's kind of when I started to get into the AFIs of the world and the Operation Ivies and the Blink-182s and the No Doubts and the Real Big Fish, the Aquabats, and um, you know everything that came in, came with living in an area just flooded with great local music at the time. So super, super lucky about that. Um, then we dove in and we talked about uh, the not-so-super wildcard weekend. Uh, the Steelers backing into the playoffs kind of ruined what could have been a better weekend with, with what I, I thought, uh, I mean, who wouldn't have wanted to see Josh Allen and, and Justin Herbert go at it with two explosive offenses, you know, not sure the bills would have won, you know, who, who wouldn't have wanted to watch Bill Belichick, who is really good at knowing what Patrick Mahomes does go and play, you know, in Kansas city in, in, in the first round, instead of watching the Steelers get scrubbed and maybe, and maybe the Patriots get uh, destroyed as well. Who knows? And we still get that Bengals-Cincy game. Um, the NFC wasn't much better um, outside of the Cowboys game, the ending to that. Um, the, the rest of the games weren't great. Jalen Hurts, it, it was uh, not good. The Bucks kind of just walked through that game. They have a tough matchup against the Rams this weekend. I got the Rams winning that game. Um, we got the Niners. Um and what seems like every couple years, every other year, the Niners and the, the Packers play. Packers are probably heavy favorites, at least by five, six points, my assumption, because they're the home team. You automatically get those three, uh, plus whatever Vegas or the odds makers want to throw on top of that to sweeten the pot. So um, a lot of good games on Saturday and Sunday. Looking forward to it. But um, outside of that, um, uh, I've been um, – watching a couple different TV shows. Uh, I watched the season finale of Mayors of Kingstown. That's on Paramount. I uh, love how it leaves it open for one more season. It was a wild 
uh, wild um, season ender there. Um, Jeremy Renner is fantastic. The whole cast is great. It's kind of dark, um, it's but it's really, really good. If you know someone who has Paramount or just go ahead and get it for the month and just, uh, you know, binge watch it. I really, really enjoyed it. Now, um, you know, I, I'm glad they keep it open for a second season. It makes sense why is if, if you watch the show. Um, so, but I'm not one of those who needs a, sh a show to go 10 years to consider it great. Uh, example of that is like Breaking Bad, five years. Ozark's only going to go three years before they end it. You don't need to go five, 10, 15 years um, if you're getting away from the originality of the original story to try to push it further. Uh, and then that's when it starts to lose what made it originally special. Um, I suggest binging the show. Like I said, I loved it. Um, check it out on Paramount. Um, and then also I'm in... I think the fifth episode of season two of three of Mr. Mercedes, uh, which is wild. Um, it's about a killer who runs over a bunch of people with car, but it's so much more than that. Uh, the first season is really good. Um, I love the first season. It's funny at times. It's really dark. Um, I, I like the, I like the character um, diversity in it. Uh, but this second season is some, some fucking else. It's really trippy. Um, I highly recommend both these shows. Paramount for Mayors of Kingstown, and then also I highly recommend Mr. Mercedes on Peacock. If you're on Peacock, also watch Dr. Death. Um, with uh, That's a really good show as well. Uh, Alec Baldwin um, and a couple other really well-known actors. Christian Slater, it's, it's really good as well. They're, both those streaming sets are doing a pretty good job. I'm going to have to check out, like, uh, there's a couple shows that they have on there that I really need to check out as well. I think it's 1800 or 1803. Um, but I've been watching those. I'm looking to get into, uh, I'm not a big Star Wars fan, but I'm looking to get into start watching Mandalorian. Uh, the lady keeps bugging me about it. So I watched all the Marvel movies now with her. I think we're working on Harry Potter. We're somewhere in the second one. Pretty good stuff. Probably would have been better if I read the books or watched this shit as a kid, but it's not bad. Uh, I'm going to see Scream this weekend with the lady. Going to watch football. Um, she doesn't work this weekend or next, but we'll, we'll hopefully have at least the Friday to ourselves. Um, which should be fun. I heard nothing but good things about Scream right up my alley in my age group when I was a teenager. This shit came out, but I hear it's really good. I thought the last one was pretty good as well um, in terms of like horror movies or funny horror movies. Um, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, get some good food um, before I go doing that. So the weekend's not far away after just a three day weekend. It's already going to be Thursday. Um, on last Sunday, <coughs> I went to a, a breakfast spot. <coughs> Excuse me. By Saturday, um, it's called I Declare. There's like three of them located uh, in the United States. And it's a little bougie for me. Um, and I don't mind that because I'm from California. So I'm home of the avocado toast and just like odd ways to present an original breakfast dish where it doesn't need to be manipulated that way, but they do it because it's fancy. Um, I would have liked a better selection of just like regular ass breakfast stuff. Um, the coffee, which was French press, was fucking absolute fire. If you've never had a cup of coffee that's come from a French press, you're missing out. I use Keurig. I don't drink as much coffee as I used to. Um, but if I was not lazy and had a French press, I'd definitely be drinking a couple cups of that shit um, on the regular. Uh, the bacon gravy was really, really good. It was um, thick. Um, it went well with the biscuits, which weren't too big. They weren't too hard, not too soft. They were really good as well. Um, on my breakfast, I also got, if I would have known or paid attention, I would have got toast instead of more biscuits. They threw some chives on it. I wasn't a fan of it, but it wasn't terrible. Um, it was good, 
not great. I prefer like a diner type with comfort food, um, omelets and fucking steaks and pork chops and shit like that. Um, you know, sourdough toast. Um, but for what it was, the food was good. The service was fantastic. The atmosphere was unique. So I would definitely go back. Um, so looking forward to this weekend, had a great weekend last weekend. I kind of just like recharged my batteries, I guess, and slept a lot and watched football, um, drank a little bit. Um, but in general, um, you know, it was a fun weekend. I'm looking forward to a couple more weeks of football. We'll have a break. We'll have the Super Bowl, And then it's just this long, it seems like this long haul until about July or August. And it's, as you get older, it comes faster as, as you're, uh, the, the younger you are, the longer it feels like it takes. But uh, with that being said, I do appreciate you tuning in to Clearly Unclear. Um, you know, please like, share, and follow uh, on my Facebook page at Clearly Unclear. Look out for some of the updates I'm going to be doing. Hopefully, I'm going to get that new intro and outro song um, done here in the next couple of weeks. This is the first episode I've used the microphone in a more quieter scene um, setting. Excuse me. Um, and so I'm just trying to make tweaks, uh, make this sound better. I'm messing with uh, the, my digital audio workstation to try to figure that out. Um, hopefully the next episode I have, like I said, that new song, and maybe if I can get this done early enough in the week, uh, probably shoot this next one out Monday, get it over to my boy, see if he can master it and put all that stuff in for me. And then we'll throw out like a really fresh, clear episode of Clearly Unclear um, for you all. Um, I'm going to go ahead and boost this when I throw this on Facebook, toss it up on my regular Facebook page, toss it up on Twitter. Um, like I said, look out for that Instagram page. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet, but I think you're going to see more uh, stuff for me when it involves food, um, you know, my personal life. Yes, I have a regular Facebook page, but it's uh, there's a lot I can probably do with Instagram that I'm just figuring out, um, and, it, and it gets to a lot of people pretty quickly, um, and it's not as... I don't really understand Twitter and the algorithms there. Um, I should take a class on it or some shit. But um, with that being said, um, until next time, my name is Matthew Zabrowski. Thank you for tuning in. This is Clearly Unclear. I'm out. Peace. Thank you.